broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning and welcome. This is Chattanooga Business Radio X. I am your host, Victor Agreta Jr., and I am here with a really, uh, really cool table today. We've got some amazing people here. We're going to start to my left is Ken Hayes, and you are president of the Enterprise Center. Is that right? That's correct. I am. And uh, amongst many other things, of course. And, uh, and we've got a couple of other guests, Scotty Neal and Larry Vineyard here, both from Pinnacle. And we're going to talk to you both here in just a second. But Larry, I want to, I mean, Ken, I want to talk to you real quick about, first of all, let's talk about the history of uh, Probasco Haynes. Is that right? It's actually a uh, Kimsey Probasco Hayes. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. This is a development it's firm, a right? It's a, you know, real estate development uh, firm that sort of was the, was born out of a company called Leonard Kinsey. And associates, and then uh, unfortunately, our senior partner Jeff Leonard passed away. You know, John Kinsey and I were high school friends uh, going back years and years ago. And then Ben Probasco uh, was a couple of years younger and joined us. And we have a we've been a Chattanooga real estate development firm for around town. We own the Chattanooga Choo Choo. We own the building where Hennens is. We developed where Puckett's is, and you know where Hennens is, and Council Fire. And so we've done a lot of sort of uh, you know great Chattanooga developments. Um, yeah, you know, but a lot of stuff has mainly been downtown. Well, and all of a lot of those things predate what is now known as Innovation District, right? So tell us about the Innovation District and how that kind of came to be. I think uh, the Innovation District is a, it's, you know, Innovation Districts around the world are relatively a relatively new sort of terminology in a development strategy. Uh, it's actually the, the 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 inventor, if you will, of the Innovation Districts is a guy by the name of Bruce Katz, who's with the Brookings Institution. Uh, Bruce is the head of the urban poli- was the head of urban policy for Brookings. Brookings is one of the sort of the best sort of thinkers of urban policy in the in the world for the future of cities. Um, and so that literally about three years ago, he wrote a book called The Metropolitan Revolution, which basically said that if for cities that wanted to really you know if, to focus on the innovation economy, one of the best ways to do that was to densify your area to put as much sort of a, this innovation economy workforce in a small, compacted area. And you will be surprised at the exponential growth that happens, that, that this is a the millennial generation now. Um, and even the older, you know, the other generations that are, that are there, is, it, is it, we're becoming more of a collaborative, you know, working together works group. I mean, we want to bump into people. We want to, you know, the, I mean, if, you know, what Bruce Katz will say is that innovation districts are fueled by caffeine. Show me where you've got a great number of, you know, coffee shops, cool coffee shops, and I'll show you where you've got a great innovation economy workforce. And so if you really look in the sort of the center city of our downtown, we've got eight locally owned coffee shops in the sort of in our district. You've got, you know, the lamppost groups have been in Access America really gave Chattanooga sort of its beginning in the innovation economy workforce. But now we're starting to see more and more folks sort of move into to areas. I mean, you know, y'all are actually located here in the innovation district and you've got, you know, and so you're starting to get pockets of, of more folks to bump into. And when those collisions and stuff occur, I mean, I got invited to be on this radio show, not because you emailed or wrote me, it's because I bumped into one of your partners. And so that, that, that if we can just keep that growth going, we ought to be seeing a lot more exponential growth in the whole region. And this, this follows in a a few other lines that have been happening, some trends that have been happening in America, for one thing, a return to downtowns, right? Downtowns are seeing a renaissance in the past, you know, 10, 15 years. And then also this reminds me a little bit of the rise of the creative class, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that idea that you're getting people that are, you know, different groups, the creatives, the engineers, all of those folks are mixing downtown, right? 
I mean, clearly you've got, I mean, you know, Chatt- and Chattanooga has been working on this for 30 years of just, you know, making, you know, I mean, and, I, and this is actually a philosophy that got born out of Brookings. I mean, you know, they'll tell you now that if the city's not focused on innovation, they're going to be left behind. Well, back in the 90s, even, and this was really, they started saying this after Chattanooga began its renaissance, is name me a great city in the world and I'll name you that they have a great downtown. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to name a great city that doesn't have a great downtown. Right. And so that that if city, if, if downtown, I mean, if, if communities aren't focused on their downtowns, you know, as a, as a center place of a regionalism to attract, and, they're going to be left behind. And so Chattanooga has been working on that for a long time. And it's starting to pay off really in, in sort of huge dividends now. I mean, we've got more housing under development now than we've ever had in the downtown area. And when you start doubling your downtown how you know, your residential population, we have no clue what that's going to mean for the energy level that's going to be created here. It, it's really clear now. It's always been that way, but it's probably more so now that that this generation people really want to really do want to live, work, worship, play downtown areas. I mean, so that you've got the you know, I mean, that's where all a lot of this housing is occurring and happening. And it's you know not necessarily for everybody, but it's surely. You know, there are, and it's not just the millennials. I mean, my generation, you know, is now, I mean, they're you know, downsizing and saying, well, I'm, you know, I mean, I want to enjoy the same amenities that, you know, everybody else does. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's been something that I think we've had as a, in this community working on for a long time. And I think it's, you know, now we're starting to see, you know, it paid, you know, bigger dividends than we thought it would this quickly. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And so tell us how the Enterprise Center ties into all that. The Enterprise Center is, is a, is a not-for-profit you know, you know, entity that sort of formed with sort of three sort of coal, uh, core objectives. One is the creation of an innovation district. So we, you know, our, you know, myself and folks I work with wake up every day and work on the innovation district. We also have is a is a is a is a real core strategy, the fact that you know that that we have, without a doubt, the fastest, most persuasive internet connectivity in the world. You know, we were the most connected, the fastest city. We have gotten so much national attention for that. But that's not the story. The story is, what do we do with it? You know, how will that change people's lives? How will that make an impact? And that we were such a first mover, or not such, we were the first mover in being deployed with this network, that what we found is that, that it was still hard to figure out, what do you do with it, when there's not many people that have it. Now what's happening is is that you know is that communities all over the country, the world, are getting you know the next generation internet, and so we're starting to have a lot more eyeballs. So one of our sort of core strategies is actually helping speeding up the development of what do you do with it is to create sort of some applications and to create uh, activity to where you know that you know there can be uses for it. Um, and then third, our third core strategy is is uh, digital inclusion, uh, digital equity. Is that, that we live in a community, you know, in a world, unfortunately, where there's have and have nots, and so we're trying to focus on how do we, you know, give those less fortunate that have not had the experience of dealing with the internet, you know, access to to devices, access to low cost internet, and, and to an education for that. Well, and so how has that connectivity aided uh, groups like you know some of your partners like CoLab, right? Talk a little bit about that and how that's been fostering innovation here. Well, I mean, I mean, CoLab was, you know, I mean, it, what's interesting in Chattanooga's history, and we'll, 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 we'll read more about this in history, you know, as history gets defined, is actually in sept- September of 2010, CoLab was actually, you know, incorporated and was formed. 
and Chattanooga announced that they were the first gigabit city in the world or the country. And so does it, that those, and that was not planned, but that just happened to be that. So the, 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 the convergence, you know, and the collision, quite frankly, of technology and entrepreneurism really sort of, you know, began and got its roots in those days. I think that, that, you know, folks from Colab, the people that would do it would sort of, you know, would, would not argue with the idea that, that probably the, the, the bell curve of, of their activity has been steepened by the fact that we have the gig, you know, the, the gig network. Um, the fact that they've done gig tank, you know, when they're getting ready to start its fourth or fifth year here, uh, that, that that has been a, is a competitive asset that, that they have taken full advantage of that's helped attract some talent. Now, a lot of times that talent came to town saying, oh, I've got this great idea for, you know, this next, you know, world-changing gigabit application. But then they get here and then they say, well, there's only, you know, you know, back four or five years ago, there's only 2,000 people that have it. and It's going to be hard to make a lot of money <laughs> with only 2,000 eyeballs. But now that's starting to, you know, I think that a lot of the sort of the talent that's coming in here, you know, are starting to have at least sort of small viable pilots that can be tested in Chattanooga. By the time that they're tested, they can hit the road and go make an impact. But, you know, it, and again, it used to be the municipalities that were doing the gigabit. But, but what you've got now is you've got Comcast, you've got Cox, you've got AT&T. They can't out press release one another quick enough to say they're giving you something. Whether that really happens or not, you don't know. But if AT&T only delivers on half of their customers, you still got, you know, you know, a pretty, you know, pretty big audience to go from. That's right. Well, and a lot of this seems to be, you know, laying the foundation and the seeds for success later on, because people seem to forget that Silicon Valley didn't just pop up overnight. I mean, you've got 40 or more years of innovation that's happened there. And there's companies that started that were young, that grew. And so that's why that that is what it is. What do you see as a vision for the future of Chattanooga in terms of the gig? And as more people come online and high speed really permeates through the rest of the country? And I think a couple of things. Number one is, is I hope, you know, that, that as we move forward, you know, everybody sort of likes to sort of sometimes say, oh, we're going to be the next Silicon Valley. I hope not. You know, I hope, number one, that we're authentic, that we stay as authentic as we possibly can. We are Chattanooga, you know, that we don't need to be the Austin or the Boulders or the, you know, Silicon Valleys. We need to be Chattanooga. Number two is I hope that we really, you know, that, that we as a community continue to realize that if we're going to succeed, We've got to make it for everybody. That it cannot be just a, a place where you know, you know, you know, predominantly a younger white male you know crowd does. That it's got great diversity. You know, it, you know, in, in all shapes and sizes and everything you look at, because I think that's where you, where a community is really going to stand out is when you know when everybody is sort of benefiting from it. And so one of the things I love about a, a lot of the younger folks I'm working with is that they've got really good hearts. And so I spent time today with a guy this morning that wanted to you know do some stuff with sort of some at-risk teens, you know, and you know, and as a volunteer. And so is it if we can match those folks, we go there. But I think that Chattanooga's future is really bright. When I I, I was born and raised here, when I came back here in the mid-80s, you know, if, if 200 of my age group at that time got together, it only meant one thing. It meant trouble. You know, um, you know, today we've got some brilliant young minds here. People are not only coming back. I mean, my daughter, you know, has lived all over the world. And actually, you know, her and her husband you know, moved back here about eight or nine months ago. So, I mean, we've got kids that are wanting to return. But then we've got, you know, kids and you know, students and folks that are coming here as a destination. 
So if I look at, you know, when I came back in the 80s and that we didn't have this youthful energy and we are where we are today, and then I look back and say, wow, look at the people that are in this town today and no telling where we will be in 30 years. But I feel real good because of the kind of talent and the young, you know, the young energy I see is by saying, my gosh, this is your town. You all figure it out, you know, and you tell me what to help do. So, yeah. You know, so well, that's that's fantastic. You've been uh, again, you've been integral in laying a lot of this foundation, a lot of this groundwork for many, many years. And now you're taking it to really another level with Enterprise Center. Right. Well, I'm, 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 I, I am many others are. I mean, you know, this I mean, it, you know, it takes a you know, it takes a nation. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, no, no one person can do anything. I mm-hmm. mean, so I think that we're, what Chattanooga's strength is, is that we've we've sort of learned over the last 30 or 40 years is that working together works. And if you can get a lot of people all working for the same cause and the same mission, we can take care of it. And so, I mean, I, and I'm just proud now that we've got more people that are working together and working on different things because, you know, is it, it used to be, you, you know, 30 years ago, you knew everything that was going on in town. Now you don't. And that's, you know, that's a sign of great progress. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, so. Well, and and to that end, actually, I'm, I'm really happy to introduce you guys to each other, Pinnacle and, and uh, Ken. I, I think this is Perfect, because, you know, banks are also a big part of the lifeblood of an economy. Yeah, and, and when it comes to innovation and enterprise and fostering entrepreneurship, that's extremely important. And so uh, I want to kind of toss it over to Scotty here and talk about the history of Pinnacle and why, you know, people should be excited or or Larry uh, talk about why we should be excited about Pinnacle entering the Chattanooga market. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having us. And again, it's, it's wonderful to sit next to Ken and hear all these you know, energetic, wonderful things that are happening. It just goes to show part of the reason why Pinnacle is is joining the market and getting in the market here. And and so Pinnacle started about 2000, the year 2000. And really our, our firm's founders started off with an idea on just a sheet of paper of really creating a firm that's our, all of our employees are really energetic. And if you take care of those employees and you find good experience employees and you create that environment, that's going to spill over to your clients. And then that will continue to spill over into the rest of uh, your area, your market that you're in. And so that's what they really did starting back in 2000. We've grown to about a $9.3 billion bank um, as of the end of March. That's going to only continue to grow as we continue to get into the new markets of Chattanooga, Memphis, Knoxville, and, and, and those urban markets that we're really looking forward to being a part of. Well, and Chattanooga, of course, is fertile ground, as, as Ken was talking about. So what are some of the benefits of the merger between Capital Mark and Pinnacle from the, the business and service standpoint? Yeah, so one of the things that we really love is you, you took Capital Mark and Pinnacle and the cultures were very, very similar. So there's not a whole lot of change so much as enhancements. Uh, so we've got obviously a bigger firm. So now we're able to lend to uh, higher higher market as far as uh, our amount of loans that we can do. And our products and services are now enhanced, whether that's in the wealth area or the treasury management as as, as taking money from here to there. Um, so we can go out and do larger projects. So if, if Ken over here has got a project where he's trying to redevelop uh, a bigger parcel or a bigger piece of project, we can now take part in those. But there are a lot of things that don't change, and that's a good part of, of the merger as well, is we have still local decision-making capabilities where we have our own senior credit officer who's here, who sits down next to people, you know, elbow to elbow and, and listens to their story and hears about their business because that's still a big part of who we are. 
And we've still got our leadership team of Craig Holly and Kenny Dyer and Ryan Murphy who are here local. And in addition, we've still got all of our local bankers, people who live here, worship here, do the things that we do in the communities that we do um, and try to make sure that none of that changes. So a lot of those things won't change. And so there's a good part where there's the enhancement, but there's also the part where we say, hey, we, these are good things. We don't want this part to change. And well, so that's not going to change. And you know, what I love about that is that y'all are invested in local, you're, but you have a bigger picture idea and now you're able to handle big, you know, big ideas, mm-hmm. but also these people who are innovators who, as Ken can tell you, you know, when you're raising seed money, when you're raising early investment, it's not a lot. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at what a lot of these entrepreneurs are able to do with the small amounts of money that they use, you know, to just grow these things. It really is like a little seed that just it grows and grows and grows. So that's fantastic that you're going to be a part of that. What are some of the main focuses of Pinnacle in Chattanooga and the re- revision for strengthening the business community overall? Yeah, so there, there's a several levels of that. Uh, obviously, we, we really focus in on businesses those professionals or real estate professionals that really value added service and added advice. Uh, They want someone to come along beside them and look at their business and say, here's some things that maybe you haven't thought of, or here's my experience level with other businesses similar. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Let's work through this plan that you have to really help you and add some advice and then listen to what you're saying and also try to put that as part of a plan for growing your business and making it what it is. So there's a lot of levels there. We try to add that advice in a lot of different ways, uh, whether it be we've got things, what we call mastermind groups, where we bring in uh, similar to what Ken was talking about. You bring in a lot of business owners, about eight business owners, and you, you go over a series of curriculum that's set up purposely to get business owners to start talking about their business and what are they doing. And as he said, that collision of ideas and, and entrepreneurial spirit, when you get, you know, say eight or 10 business owners in a room, it just naturally starts happening once they start talking and feeling comfortable with each other. So we've got things like that, that we bring our business owners in and say, hey, we like to bring advice, but some of the best advice comes from the guy next door to you or the guy three streets down for you. And you may even be in similar markets. But as Ken was talking to and alluding to, a lot of these business owners now, they don't see it as competition. Mm -hmm. They see it as a way to enhance what they're doing. And so we do things like that. We're also bringing uh, Dr. Lafer in, who is an economist. We're bringing him in in a few weeks to speak to a lot of our business owners, really have them hear ideas nationally about what that economy is going to look like, especially with the election year and all the fun stuff that comes with that. So we also add service there. Like we said, we like to wow our clients. And then we also like to participate in the community. We like to get out there. We like to be next to the person. As, as Ken was saying, Chattanooga is unique in the fact that a lot of our businesses it's community. We want to be there in the community doing things. We don't just want to be lending money. We want to be next to that person taking care of our community, taking care of those people that, again, sooner or later, if we get them involved in the community, we'll have a chance to, to really make an impact. You know, I, and I really, I really love that, too, because community means being connected and Chattanooga is connectivity defined, right? So you guys are playing into all of the strengths that this town has to offer. Uh, that's fantastic. So what is an ideal client? And what can clients expect from Pinnacle Banking and Wealth Management Services in Chattanooga? Yeah, again, so real estate professionals, uh, those uh, business owners, business entrepreneurs, those are the really areas that we focus in on because they have so many complex needs, so many things going on. Um, As you heard, Ken, especially here in Chattanooga, uh, you have a lot of business owners that it's, it's not as easy as, hey, I do this. 
most business owners, Chattanooga is a very entrepreneurial town. And that's really kind of how Chattanooga got started. You had a lot of business owners that really started these companies years and years and years ago, whether it's the McKees or, or any of those companies. And now they've evolved in these large corporations, but you've still got a lot of that, that entrepreneurial spirit and those spirit and those folks here. So, you know, as, as we go in, we like to help those folks again, bring service and advice help them understand where we can come in and advise them. But also, again, the fun parts, getting to sit down with them and really get to understand their business, how intricate it is and how sometimes they overlap and sometimes they don't. You may get a business owner that, you know, they have real estate over here and they do this, but then they also have uh, a, a company that makes cat scratch post. But then they also have a company that takes that, you know, some of the byproducts and recycles that and makes mulch out of it. Or, you know, that you have all these different unique things that business owners do here. And that's fun to be a part of and help work with them. Yeah, that is really cool. So are there specific products or services that you want to highlight that cater to that uh, the, the business crowd or wealth management client? Yeah. So most of our products and services are, are, very unique to the person. And so we do have wealth where where we try to sit down with the business owner and, and sometimes with the business owner, they get so much involved in the day-to-day -day operations that we'd like to sit down with them and say, let's look at some of these outside things, whether that's our wealth division that says, hey, let's mitigate your risk. Let's take a look at if, you know, say, God forbid, a lawsuit came up or something happened in your business, how do we mitigate that risk to where it doesn't affect you as much? Or long term, how do we help you with succession planning? So, you know, how do we take this business that you've spent most of your lifetime building and now how do we offload it to either that next generation that's coming up or to another person? Because that's a very difficult process and it could leave the business owner with a lot of questions. Um, it could really... Uh, affect them tremendously if they do it incorrectly, especially when it comes to taxes and things like that. So those areas are, are, are great. But the big thing that we like to say at Pinnacle is every person's different. And so that's where we can bring some advice. We like to sit down, understand our clients. And it's, it, it's funny, when I first got to Pinnacle, it was different. A lot of the financial institutions I've been at, there was a pamphlet. There was a pamphlet for everything. And, you know, here's this and here's that. And when, when we got to Pinnacle, Scotty could probably attest to this. It, it was... There, there's no pamphlet. You sit down, you know your client, you know your relationship. There are some materials that'll help you put together a packet for that client to help them understand what they have, but it's all unique. So you put together your own little pamphlet. And so get to know your client, then sit down and bring them services versus here's just what our services are. So pretty much with each each client, we like to sit down and get to know them uniquely. So merchant services, whether it's, hey, we can get you your money faster let you hold on to it longer and then send it to others and stretch out that dollar because every every business owner will tell you cash flow is is extreme oh, yeah. but it's very hard to do that when you're you're ordering this moving this hiring this person firing this person doing all those things so we try to sit down with the business owner and really map out and take a big perspective well and i think the perspective and ken you can talk to this that every business is different is the heart of innovation right if you're not doing something new that's not innovation right absolutely and it you know and, it, and and I have to sort of say is that I mean I I mean I knew you know, Pinnacle is you know prior to the to the the purchase the merger you know and that obviously is is a is a great Chattanooga success story you know from a small business entrepreneur you know ship with Craig and the team that he assembled and you know now what it is today but but banking is a is a, is an industry that that needs to be really looking hard at itself because it's you know I mean if you aren't innovating you're subject to disruption that's and, right and that and i think that the these younger you know banks the ones that have you know sort of started off and doing what craig and his team you know done is is unbelievable and so you know i i, I mean what i hope more so is that you know is that 
you know, with collisions like today occurring, is that you all sort of say, you know, how do we get more involved in sort of that really, you know, I mean, you go back, Chattanooga is a very entrepreneurial, you know, I mean, it was founded on the, the industrial revolution and the entrepreneurial revolution. I mean, you know, Crystal and Unum's and, you know, Little Debbie's and, you know, and, you know, Coca-Cola, obviously. But, but, but those entrepreneurs did it back then because they had bankers that mm-hmm. were all yeah, partners, you know, yeah. partners and doing stuff. And so, you know, it seems as the banking world has sort of gotten to be the big, you know, the big institutions and all that is that, that there is another entrepreneurial revolution coming. And my advice to the, to the smart banks and to the pinnacles and whatever is, is don't forget that, you know, yeah, you know exactly. sort of don't, I mean, they don't have the money yet, but hopefully they will. So, yeah. yeah, and that's the fun part is getting yeah. to learn of who those businesses are and what those ideas yeah. and dreams are. And, and, and it's funny, you speak of, of, you know, trying to continue to innovate and things. And, and I love, again, that Pinnacle is, is embracing that. We, we really like to sit down and say, not from our perspective, what do, what do business owners need, but what do business owners need? And so we have services like a courier. So you don't have to come to our bank. We, we will take the bank to you, pick up your deposits, and then bring them back to the bank and run them. Or the mobile deposit capture or the remote deposit capture. And we have all those things. And so what that's ha- what's happened is over the years, as our, as our firm's founders saw that we really need to look at our customer's perspective, we've grown and really figured out a way that we begin to survey them. So we have actually an internal surveying that we do because our, our clients, to, to the point, have the ideas. We need to listen to those ideas and form our products around that, not form our products and then tell the customer, here they are. And, and, and one of the first things that they're going to tell you is when you start talking about currying, you know, is it, well, you know, it's all becoming virtual. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you know, these kids today do not carry money. You know, I mean, everybody's got the, you know. Yep. The, Apple Pay. Pay with your phone, yeah, right? Yeah. We, we, and, and, and most people don't know this in Chattanooga. We have in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the Edney Building, which is the Innovation Center, a political consulting firm where the woman that runs it has three offices around the country. She is Bernie Sanders' CFO. CFO for Bernie Sanders is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Every bit of money that comes to the Bernie Sanders campaign comes through Chattanooga, Tennessee. It gets processed. There is very little cash. It's all being done, you know, you know sure. virtually. And so that that's, I mean, and, and Bernie Sanders has no fundraisers on staff. I've never seen a political campaign that didn't have a fundraiser. So it's the times are changing and they're changing quickly. And so, you know, I, I mean, particularly in the banking world, you know, is that th- these kids need to be learned, you know, and I can't keep calling them kids because you know, they're, <laughs> but they are, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm old, <laughs> but, 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 but this younger generation is becoming cashless and, you know, and, and how we deal with that is going to be something that, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And it, it is, again, it's great we're, we're in here, Clapper, because that, exactly what you said, we, we've actually had to have, and again, this is where our advice, advice and service really come in, is we try to add those dimensions to our, our banking because we have a lot of vendors out there and business owners that may not understand that. Right. And so we, we've actually run things, for instance, a, a whole learning center on, the EMV chip, how is that going to affect the way that you process your payments? And then also Apple Pay, how does that, how do those things? Uh, we also run uh, those types of learning centers and things where we bring in folks and help them understand culture. Mm-hmm. So again, how do you, how do you create that innovative culture? So things, uh, the, the, the labs, the, uh, everybody's trying to get started in their different areas of, it's all great with an innovative idea, but if you don't breed a great culture, how, how does, how does that idea then become 
this this business or this McKee that's right. down the road or this uh, Provident or Unum or however these things evolve, you've got to have a culture that breeds that. And so we try to add that advice and that structure there to it because, again, it's great to hear all these ideas and things that are going on. And this that's a greater example of why Pinnacle's here in this area because things like that are happening and, and we can bring advice to say, how do these younger entrepreneurs understand how the financial industry area works, but also how can they teach us right. how it's working with, with the innovation in their Absolutely. area. Absolutely, and that's, that's the best way to do it. Uh, so speaking of structures, tell us real quickly about your branch being constructed on Shallowford Road. Yeah, so we are excited. Uh, one of the areas that we really want to make sure that we do is we get out from just our central location downtown. So our goal is to continue to build offices around town one a year for the next five years as that construction process goes, if it allows. So we're going to be out in Shallowford Road. It's 6180 Shallowford Road, right where Shallowford and Shepherd intersect. And so one thing that Pinnacle does is we change the way that a branch structure looks like, and we create an office that's got beautiful artwork in it. It's got a learning center, again, for clients, so we can bring people in, they can collaborate, they can really, it can really be a center for our clients. And that's what we try to do, but we also try to bring in all our partners, all our mortgage advisors, all our financial advisors, that they can continue to have all the necessary resources, and they've got a one-stop place that they can come to, or, again, as we talked about you're the business owner, let us come to your place of business and we're closer to you out in that Shallowford location. And and one thing that's unique that we've found as we've gotten out there is many people have told us as, as Chattanooga has changed, the center of Chattanooga is actually out closer to Shallowford now. With the growth in Ottawa and the growth in all the areas of Chattanooga, you would think a downtown would be the central location. It's actually moving out towards those areas. So Shallowford's a very key location for us to be closer to those business owners, get out to their businesses, or if they need to come in and, and speak with other business owners or us, we'll be there for them. Well, that's, that's pretty brilliant. And I have to say, I mean, that's very insightful, which is what you want in a bank, right? To have some insight and to have some knowledge about the area that they're moving into. Sounds like y'all are nailing it. Uh, I'm just going to leave you with this. What is, why is it that Chattanooga is such a great place to do business? And, and, you know, I'm interested in any of y'all's thoughts on that. Well, I think Ken hit it earlier is obviously we, we've got, we've been voted a lot by great places to live for families, our outdoor amenities, our low cost of living. But I think it's that sense of community that we have here. The fact that, you know, Ken is very involved in the community and trying to get out and he has uh, I guess an ownership in that he feels he feels that we need to invest in our community and we need to do that whether it's a big corporation or a smaller uh, financial service institution like us or or whatever folks feel vested in this community and so that's really made it a great place for us the high speed internet obviously has made it a great place to to work and come and do things and, and at the end of the day that allows us to come in and and just really be a part of it. Um, and I'm sure Ken would probably add to that. Watch Chattanooga is a great place. He's been here probably longer than I have, and, yeah, and some other folks here. So it's got to be fantastic. It's a, this is a great place. I mean, you cannot. I mean, I can't imagine. You know, I mean, it's got a good scale to it. It's got great people. It's got great beauty. You know, and it's what's great is that we've got great people moving into town. Yeah. And so, but you know, but we're never done. I'm going to sit. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and you know, we just got to keep working and. Keep forging ahead, and that's what I said earlier. Is I'm just fired up because there's so many, you know, younger folks that are willing to sort of take leadership roles and sort of move, you know, move Chattanooga forward. So I can't wait to sort of, you know, watch, you know, what happens over the next five years. Yeah, a lot of lot of momentum. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's why we've got the Enterprise Center. That's yeah. why we've got Pinnacle moving in. Thank you all for being here, thank Ken you. Hayes. Thank you, Enterprise Center, and uh, Scotty and Larry from Pinnacle. 
Pinnacle Financial Partners. Pinnacle Financial Partners. Thank you all for being here. I'm your host, Victor Agreta, and this has been Business Radio X in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thanks for listening.